contained in this episode. For real. Any reference to Cody Cece? Oh, wait. Too late. All right. So I guess I'll have to change the subject now to Mark Friedman. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning from Sunrise, Florida. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. It's Penguins versus Panthers here tonight at 7.08 p.m. at the newly renamed FLA Live Arena. Another sizable test for this team. <laughs> That's kind of understating it considering who they faced and smacked around in the first game. I don't know that we can reasonably expect the Penguins to mop up the ice with the Panthers the way they did with the Lightning beating them 6-2. to two. But I do think that we can expect to see Mark Friedman back on the rink. And Friedman, if you were paying close attention to this game and its nuances the other night, might have been... Don't laugh at this. The best player on the rink over the first 15 to 25 minutes, including the early portion of the second period, if you were giving overall grades to impact, to impact on possession, Friedman would have been right at the top. And yes, I understand who all was playing for both teams. The only other guy I would have put in that category would have been Andre Vasilevsky for keeping the lightning in the game despite the Penguins generating a lot of quality offense early on. Friedman is part of the reason the Penguins generated that offense, a big part of it. He was all over the puck, or the puck was all over him, depending the perspective. And those of you who have... Played, coached, ref, whatever, this beautiful sport will know exactly what I mean when I say that because the puck will follow people when they're on their game the way Friedman was. I asked him, I asked him yesterday here in Sunrise after practice, what was it? What was it that caused that to happen? 15 minutes or so, maybe even into the second period, it seemed like the puck never left your stick, like wherever you were on the rink. Um, what is it within your game that makes that happen? Because it, it wasn't an accident. Confidence. Um, I felt really confident out there yeah. last night. And uh, like you said, puck was finding me, and guys were doing a good job getting me the puck as well. Um, and when I'm skating, I feel like I get the puck more on my stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm creating more um, with my feet. So uh, that definitely helps for my game. Um, getting up in the play, as you saw there, created a two-on-one, and then uh, there was another play there in the third period when um, I just took the puck in the slot and uh, had a scoring chance. So when I'm uh, when I'm moving my feet, that's when I'm at my best. That's uh, is it? Did being on the left side make any difference? Uh, I think it helps me in the ozone Why? Why? for sure because my stick's always facing up ice through yeah. the middle as opposed to playing on my uh, strong side. Then my stick's always facing the boards. Um, so I feel it gives me uh, an advantage for sure. It allows for that one move for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. It's funny when he gave the initial answer, just confidence. 
I'm going to try to paint this for you, but I mean, he looked me right in the eye as if that was going to be his entire answer. He has something of an attitude about him. And I could come up with other words to describe that, but they wouldn't be suitable for a family-friendly podcast. He has that kind of snarl or that, uh, this is going to sound mean, but that snottiness about him that, to be honest with you, if you're putting together a winning hockey team, you need some of those. And maybe, just maybe, the Penguins have found something in this one. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. So here's how it works with Friedman, at least for now, meaning with Mike Matheson out. And Matheson, by the way, didn't practice here yesterday, so I would absolutely not expect him to play tonight since Mike Sullivan has already canceled today's morning skate at FLA Live Arena. So it's going to be Friedman and Chad Ruweedle as your third pairing. And yeah, I know. You hear that and you think right off the bat, two righties. And the one righty who's moving over to his left side, you know, it's not a name that you're all that familiar with or comfortable with. But at the same time, if, if he's legitimately comfortable on the offside, and he's making plays like this hard forehand wrap clear that he had on a penalty kill in the second period that prompted Tristan Jari to come skating out of his crease and give him a pat on the rump on the way back to the bench. If your mobility compensates for that, if your mobility isn't forcing you to turn your blade to the inside of the rink and try stupid breakouts up the middle, if you're able to do a little bit more, by just taking a quick step, then it really doesn't matter. You know, and believe me, I'm not sitting here suggesting that Mark Friedman is the answer, certainly not on the left side. In all likelihood, given what sounds like the not terribly serious nature of Matheson's injury, I would imagine this will all be reverting to some other form anyway, even as early as the home opener Saturday night against the Blackhawks. But in that case, Friedman might be your right-handed guy next to Marcus Pedersen, and then you bring Matheson back and have him be with John Marino, as was the plan all through training camp. Is this an answer? I don't know. Is Chad Ruedel the answer over Mark Friedman? For that sixth spot, meaning the right-handed spot, I don't know. Here's what I do know. That Friedman has shown well through camp. Friedman showed really, really well against Tampa with Sullivan telling me after the game that he felt that was the best he'd ever seen Friedman look in a Pittsburgh sweater. Uh, You know... Maybe there's just there's more of an answer or more options than we might have thought. 
which doesn't mean for a split second that I wouldn't still have CC back, but that's not something I'm going to talk about in this episode. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania, and they in turn need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you can make five full meals for the needy. pittsburghfoodbank.org. Today's J1Q comes from Ben, and he actually sent a two-parter. And I'm going to read the first part, even though I'm not going to answer it since I just did, but just to hear the way he phrased it is funny. Hey, DK, is it okay to admit that I kind of like Mark Friedman if he ends up having a solid CC-esque season? To which would you think it would be most attributable, his own skills, Sullivan system, or playing next to the distracting in a good way, Matheson? That is good stuff. Stuff as if Ben knew what today's lead subject was going to be. Ben's bonus J1Q here is over under on how many games like Tuesdays before the trade Geno crew appears. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't come out of hiding yet. Um, I do believe, Ben, that you're going to see and sense some sensitivity from within the Penguins on this topic. Do you remember when the Penguins were like really taking off late last season, just before the Jeff Carter trade? And then, of course, Carter comes along and starts scoring a million goals and it goes to another level. When Gino came back, and even after Gino was on the ice, you started getting these comments from him about, I know I need to do this, and I know I need to fit in, and and everything else. You know what happened? He did. He did, even though we now know he had a knee injury that was going to require surgery. He was going that hard and that far out of his way, meaning from his normal style of play, to commit to what the Penguins were doing, that I have a feeling, maybe this is naive optimism on my part, but I have a feeling that maybe the trade Geno or bash Geno crew, when it comes to playing systematic hockey, might have been quieted at least a little bit, if not somewhat convinced. I've been maintaining, as it relates to Geno for the longest time, that there's nothing about his ability, nothing about his mindset, there's nothing about his want to that prohibits him from having a spectacular later phase to his career. I keep bringing up Sergei Fedorov, Pavel Datsuk, other great Russian offensive players because, you know, sorry, that's just kind of how hockey people think. You know, Russians play like this, Swedes play like that, Czechs play like so forth. I could very much see 
Malkin with his skill set that he's always had as a defensive forward. He leads the team in takeaways year after year after year as a forward. That you could see him mature into a player who could very much be not just counted on in a system like this, but an enormous part of it. Now, we're obviously a ways off from this, but the next big step will be Sidney Crosby getting back on the ice. And again, I'm not going to sit here and question Sidney Crosby's 200-foot credentials when you are almost universally recognized as the best 200-foot player on the planet still. But he, you know, he can have an impact on the rest of the team. He shows up. They think it's a little bit easier. They don't necessarily put forth the type of forechecking effort that they had Tuesday night. That's when it gets dangerous. That's the negative impact to some extent that the superstars have that I don't feel gets enough mentioned from fans who are critical in this context. They think that it's just, well, Gino came back and he looked like he didn't care, so it brought everybody down. I don't think it's that. A Sid comes back or a Gino comes back and they just think that they can, you know, the other players on the team think, you know, I don't have to do everything that I did Tuesday night in Tampa. That's where it becomes a little problematic. I appreciate the questions, plural, Ben. And I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do one more of these from down here.